Bon dia. Welcome to the Mixed Fam Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Yvette, a Chicana mom of two who moved her little familia abroad from Southern California to Porto, Portugal in 2021. In this podcast, you'll hear all about what it's like navigating our mixed and neurodiverse family in a new country. If you're curious about what it's like to move abroad, then you're at the right place. We can't wait to share this new experience with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MixFam Abroad podcast. This is Yvette speaking. And today it's going to be me talking to you all about how we enrolled our child in Portuguese public school. So if you're new to the podcast, we are an American family who moved to Portugal in 2021. We've been here for about a month and our son recently started school. I wanted to dedicate an episode all about enrolling in the public school because it, it to our surprise, wasn't as straightforward of a process as we imagined it would be. And so I think that you all might find it helpful to learn from our experience. So let's start by talking about what the public school system is like in Portugal. Here, um, the education system overall is separated into two different options. There's the primary education system and the secondary education system. The primary education system has um, the different grade levels from first grade up until ninth grade and the secondary education system covers grades 10, 11, and 12. And so in our case, our son is in elementary school. He is in second grade. And so we were looking to enroll him in the public education system within the first cycle. The first cycle covers grades one through four. You should also know that there's a second and a third cycle within the primary education system. The second cycle covers grades five and six, and the third cycle covers grades seven to nine. And I believe um, some of the private and international schools may also um, go with the same first, second, and third cycle as the public system. So it's just useful to know that that's how they divide the students or they group the students. All right, so before I start talking about the process of registering our son, I wanted to talk a little bit about why did we decided to go with the public school system. This was actually something we decided before we even applied for our visa. We were thinking, okay, do we want our son to go with the public school, with the private school, with an international school? Those are the three options here. And when thinking about it, I was thinking about the fact that private and international schools have, you know, they cost money. It can, can range. We've seen from as little as, I don't know, maybe $6,000 a year to as much as like fourteen or $16,000 a year. So um, that is something to consider. We were also thinking about how the international schools, um, some of them provide instruction in English or in other languages like French or, or German. Um, and some of them, especially a lot of the private schools still provide instruction in Portuguese. And then um, for us, um, 
I know that they tend to have wait lists. So we wanted to make sure that rather than going based off the school and moving to an area based on the school that our son got into, we wanted to first focus on finding, identifying an area with all of the things that we were looking for, for a better uh, quality of life. And then once we were there in that area, then see where we could enroll him, see how he's doing. If he struggles or shows any signs of, you know, just not wanting to be at that school, we could always rethink our option, but we, we decided to think about moving by the location first. And then from there, enrolling him in a public school so that he could more quickly learn the language, more quickly integrate with the culture, and always have a private or international um, option as a backup if, again, he shows signs that he's struggling and doesn't want, you know, it's just not a good fit, the, the public school that he's in. So we went with public, again, primary reasons is for him to learn the language more quickly, for him to integrate with the culture more, and also for him to go to a school close to us, ideally walking distance because we don't have a car. And then another big perk for us, you know, one of the big reasons we moved to Portugal to begin with is the low cost of going to a public school. Public schools are free, they're subsidized by the state. And so you only really need to pay for things like supplies, school textbooks and, uh, and meals. In terms of the subjects that are covered, it's hard for me to say what our son, he just started. So it's hard to say what different subject areas he's covering right now. But as far as I know, within the primary education system, they cover Portuguese, of course, math, science, history, geography, social studies, physics, and chemistry. So far, I know my son has been learning math and Portuguese. Those are the two main subjects, which I'm completely fine with because one, he really enjoys math, and two, I want him to learn the language. And so that's what we have. That's the, those are the primary subjects that he's focusing on for the first couple of weeks. And I'm assuming he'll get to expand his subjects as he gets more comfortable with the language. Um, okay, so I, I know I, I need to talk about the process of registering him, but I want to say that he just, uh, our son just finished his first week of school and so far so good. It went relatively well. He said he made friends. He said he started learning the language. He felt relieved that his teacher knew some English. We were very nervous about the language barrier, um, but so far he's enjoying it and we're kind of just playing it by ear. If he continues to enjoy it, we'll keep him there. He is also on a wait list for one international school. We may put him on a wait list for the only other international school in the area that teaches in English. We're still trying to debate whether or not to do that. And then if he gets a spot in one of those schools, we will reconsider. But for now, we're happy that he's happy and we're going to keep him in his current school. Now let's talk about the process of registering him. Um, the first thing you should know is that in our process of registering, it was really, really important to get the process started before we even got to the U.S. And to start that process, they asked us to gather his school records and vaccination records 
and get them translated and apostilled. This was a requirement, no matter what, the, the schools would not consider enrolling our son whatsoever unless we had the school records translated and apostilled. And so if you're wondering about that, whether or not you need to do that, I strongly recommend that you avoid the headache um, of trying to figure it out once you're here in Portugal. We started the process before we moved to Portugal um, in early December, and we didn't actually have everything ready and mailed to us until a little over a month later. And so our son actually did end up starting school a week late because of the delays in us waiting to get those documents mailed to us. And that is a separate fee. For us, it felt like a steep fee to pay for the translation services and to pay to get things apostilled. You can look that up yourself. Um, there, the consulate office actually has a page where they show you different options for trans um, people who translate documents. And um, you can also contact folks like I received the contact of the person that worked with us to translate our records from someone on Facebook, on a Facebook group. Turns out that person was living in a similar area in Southern California as us. So, you know, it worked out for us. But again, do your research, contact different people, ask them for their rates and see if, you know, that's something that you'll be able to budget for. Okay, so um, once we had those records, um, there were two options to register your child. One is through an online portal, the Portal das Matriculas, Portal das Matriculas. Um, that's their online enrollment portal. And this is relatively straightforward process. If you understand Portuguese, if you have a Portuguese citizen um, card, for us, it wasn't as straightforward. So we decided to go and enroll him directly at the Agrupamento, which is their version of the district office. And so we went there. We went with an interpreter, someone who could help us with the language barrier. And we brought all of our records. Um, when we contacted them in advance to ask them what we needed to bring with us. They asked us to bring our son's passport. So we brought the actual passport and a copy of it. Um, one of our passports or myself or, our, or my husband because one parent is selected and appointed as the official tutor on record. And so I brought my passport and a photo a copy of my passport. They also asked for uh, proof of address and atestado, atestado de residencia. Um, and that's something you can download from the Financias portal. And so we downloaded it and printed it. They also asked for translated and apostilled school records, very important. Translated and apostilled vaccination records, also very important. And um, Another thing we brought with us was a copy, also translated up a sealed copy of his birth certificate, our son's birth certificate. And it was interesting because when we went in person and had all the records with us and offered them, you know, gave them the copies, they said that they didn't need the birth certificate. And so they didn't even keep a copy of it. And I thought that was strange, but I was like, okay, I guess they don't need it. And then later after the appointment, they contacted us to let us know that actually they did need it. And we needed to email them a copy. So it was okay. It was just one of those kind of misunderstandings. Um, once we 
went to the agrupamento, met with someone who had all the documents, inputted it all, all the information manually into their system. From there, um, they they had us um, at the in person when we were there with them. They had us select five schools, and when I say us, I should say it was myself and the interpreter um, because of COVID and the variant. Only one person is allowed. They made an exception for me to bring the um, interpreter with me, um, but my the rest of my family couldn't go. So my son was with me, my husband, our daughter, we were all there together, but they had to wait um, outside while I went in with the translator. And so when we were there, um, what was I saying? We were at the agrupamento office. They had to select five schools and they told us right away that the school nearest to us didn't have any spots. And so the way that they do it, it's not just based off your home school and what's the closest to you, is they have to contact the schools and see if there are spots available, which is why they have you select your choice of five. And so our choice of five was based on location, the five schools nearest to us. And even though there was no spot at the first school, we were able to get a spot at the second school. And um, to our surprise, we thought we would have to wait another week for the school to get our documentation and for him to start um, school. But to our surprise, we went there on a Monday morning with our records. By Monday afternoon, they, they told us that our son could show up to the school the next day. We thought we were just meeting the teacher the next day at school. And we show up and, and it was his first day of school. So he had a backpack, some basic supplies, but um, it was a big surprise to know that he was starting school right then and there the next day. And when we arrived, they gave us a sheet with, of information of things that we needed to do, like sign him up for his school email, purchase a bunch of school supplies for him, sign him up for school meals, and everything was in Portuguese. So again, having to learn um, to navigate this bureaucratic system in another language is challenging, but you know we've learned tips and tricks to, to translate things. So um, yeah, that was the process. It was, we got the records in advance, had them mailed to us. There was a bit of a delay. We showed up to the agrupamento with our records from there. Um, they notified the schools to see if there was an opening. One of the schools did have an opening. They accepted our son and the next day he started school. So that was, that was the process. Now I want to share a little bit more about what it's been like. It's, you know, it's only been a week and what we like about the public school so far. For me, I find that I really like that they have a lot more time dedicated for play. I really appreciate that because my husband and I, we both didn't want him to be in a very strict academic environment, especially right now as he's still in transition, he's still trying to make friends, he's still learning the language, you know, more playtime is good. We also appreciate that our son is enjoying the meals. He says that he really loves the homemade snacks and meals that he gets from school. So I'm glad that he's enjoying the food that he eats um, and we can access you know, the menu of school meals online if we're curious about what he's eating. They also provide 
a non-dairy milk option and they provide a vegetarian option and they ask you in advance when you sign up your child for meals whether or not they are vegetarian or they need non-dairy milk which is nice we opted for the regular option because our son um, is not strictly vegetarian but it's good to know for the future um, we also really appreciate that the environment seems to be more laid back uh, we noticed that a couple of times taking our son to school, there were a few kids who showed up a few minutes late. Um, and the schools here, that's another thing you should know, schools start at 9 a.m. instead of at 8 a.m. in the United States. And so it's really nice for the schools to start an hour later. We noticed a few kids showing up late and the teachers didn't make a big deal out of it, which was nice. Um, so that laid back environment, we appreciate. Uh, we also appreciate that some of the teachers know basic English, and so we can communicate at least on a basic level with them about our son. Now, in terms of our concerns, I don't think I have any major concerns because he's just starting out. We did notice that the school is smaller, and we don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. I'm not sure how much one-on-one -on -one attention my son is receiving, but that is true of any school really that he would go to. Um, we also noticed that the building and the area, you know, it's, it's a low-income area. The building is worn down. It has fewer resources than the private or international schools we've seen, which is not a surprise. But again, I don't think you can judge a book by its cover. So um, it's not a major concern. And if anything, it's a good learning lesson for our son, you know, lesson in humility, just to see the different ways that people live and that people study in, in this area. Um, I also, I'm not too worried about academics. So even if he's not learning as much as I would want him to learn, I'm more concerned about him learning the language, which I know he's going to pick up quickly here. And since um, Josh and I are both formally educated, I have a PhD, he has an MA, an MBA. I know that if all else fails, we can supplement his education. We can homeschool or tutor him if we need to. And so right now we're enjoying the time that he gets to have with getting to know his peers, his teachers, the language, the culture and hope that he doesn't fall behind too much academically. Um, and not because of the school he's in, but because it's been just very interesting times with the pandemic and with him going to a wide range of different schools in the US and then online distance learning and then homeschooling and now back in person. It's, it's, been, it's been a lot. So um, we're trying to keep things more laid back for him, focus on him enjoying himself and hopefully, you know, a year later, he will have good news to report. Either he'll still be in the school and enjoying himself, or he might be in a different school, hopefully also enjoying himself. Um, you'll notice that I didn't spend any time talking about the private or international schools. Those are also great options, especially if you're willing to wait on the waiting list, if you're willing to live somewhere based on the location of the school site. Um, we know less about the process of the registration in those schools because again, we haven't done that. But if and when the time does come and our son decides he'd rather go to a private school or an inter inter international school, 
we um, are leaving that opportunity and option there for the future. And we're, we'll report back about that if we do go that route. For now, we're very happy with how things have turned out with our son in the public school system. And we'll see how it goes from here. That's all I have to say about the topic. I hope that you found some of this useful and we will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much for joining us in the Mixed Spam Abroad podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email us your review at mixedfamabroad@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also show your support by following us on Instagram with the same username at mixedfamabroad. Adeus!